Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. What I'm learning uh, as we went through this very small series, what I'm learning is as we go through life and we face adversities and we face oppositions uh, and the attacks of the enemy, they will come. How many know the attacks of the enemy? It comes in various forms. But what I'm learning is this statement that we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. Everybody say, from victory. From victory. And, and, and let me just say this. Um, the, the, the battle that we're in, a lot of times when, we, when, we, when people get on our nerves and the dog goes crazy and you look outside and you now have three kittens that we're trying to get rid of, by the way. So if you know anybody, <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity just to go ahead and say, if you know anybody that wants three kittens, they are ready to go. And uh, like I put on Facebook, if nobody comes up, I'm going to find a nice home for them in our lovely city, and I'll make sure that they, they're tucked away nice. But no, I'm just kidding. But if you know somebody that wants kittens, praise the Lord. Uh, anyway, but if things happen, that's my little plug. Uh, if any, just that was your takeaway. Find him a home for his cats. No. One of the things that I, I, I want us to, to recognize is this, and it's in Ephesians 6.12. It's not even in the, for the text tonight, but I'm going to give you this. Because what we need to understand is the things that are happening, the things that are going wrong, or the things that come against us is an attack from the enemy, okay? And, 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 and so in Ephesians it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Sounds like an Xbox game, doesn't it? Principalities and powers, sounds like Harry Potter. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So what you need to understand is, when you're under attack, those, it's not, it's not a, it wasn't a spouse issue, it's not a boss issue, it's not a, a, a cat issue, it's not, oh my gosh, my hot water heater blow up. Things happen, but how many knows that the enemy will try to use anything to steal your joy? Because if he steals your joy, you're weak. Why, how do you know that? Because the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if he can take our joy, if we can wake up, if, he can, if we wake up one morning and it's just, just, just shot to you know where and back. Well, that, he stole our joy. So guess what? We're going to be the re- we're going to be weaklings the rest of the day. And I refuse, with the knowledge of God's word, I refuse to go down like that. I was hoping somebody would say Amen. I'm, I, I refuse. I refuse to go down that way because why? Because we're fighting f- not for victory, but from victory. With that being said, I believe it's a good time to remind us all, since we're all in the room, that the one who is trying to take you down. The one that is trying to take you out is the enemy of your soul. Everybody say, the devil is defeated. I know what you're thinking. What? Doggone, he's supposed to be preaching, and he's already talking about the devil. He ain't said much about God. No, but you need to understand, he, the devil is real, and he is coming to attack you, okay? He's not trying to give you a headache. He's trying to kill you. And what we must understand is the enemy is trying to get us. This hit me this afternoon. The enemy is trying to get us to give up what is already ours, and it's called the victory. Okay? Remember what I said. You're not fighting for victory. Victory isn't, victory isn't a destination. When people are fighting, they're boxing, okay? and they're fighting, they're trying to obtain something. You're not, you don't have to obtain victory. It's already yours. You're already standing. You're already victorious. Even though things are going wrong and it's chaotic, you are victorious. What the enemy's trying to do is to push you off what you already have. 
okay? And that may, maybe that's sinking in, and some of y'all are getting fired up on the inside. It's just not showing on the outside, but I'm telling you, this afternoon on my couch, it was like the enemy's trying to convince me that, that, that all he's trying to do is get us to give up. He's just trying to get us to surrender. That's it. Because I'm already victorious. I'm already standing on the victory. Okay? He's trying to get me to move. He can't, he can't do anything with it anyway. He got kicked out of heaven. And I was thinking about this too. And then I'm going to go into my notes. But I, I felt like I need to share this because I heard it not too long ago. The reason the enemy hates you so bad. This blew me away. The reason the enemy hates us so bad. Listen to this. Check this out. You might have already heard this before. But it was new to me. When the devil got kicked out of heaven, it said he fell like lightning. Right? We all know why he got, because he was prideful and all those things. When he got kicked out of heaven and he fell like lightning, how many knows if, I, if I'm from way up high and, I, and, and, and the Bible describes Lucifer with all these gems and all uh, uh, stones, all the, every, all the pipes, everything that, that he used to lead worship was created in him. And when he fell, if I was to take something and I threw it down, anything that's on it is going to what? Shatter to the ground. Now watch this. You know why the enemy hates us? Because if you go back to Genesis, the Bible says that, 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 that God formed us through the dust of the earth. Well, where were all the things that were attached to Lucifer? When they fell, they, went, they scattered on the ground. All of the things that brought glory to God, all of the instruments, all of the worship that was created in him, when he fell like lightning, it all shattered off of him. He no longer has those things. Where did it go? To the dirt. Where were we created from? The dirt. So guess what you and I have? The reason he doesn't like us is because we have and we obtain the very thing that he once had. And I know, I know you've heard that in a different way, but it blew my mind that the reason he hates us that much is because we have obtained property that once was his that he can never get back. And the victory that he so longs for, he can never get. But what he's trying to do is convince us to give up what God has rightfully given to us. Okay, so don't give up, don't quit. That's why now I'm standing even more <laughs> of, the, of the belief system that you can't quit, you can't surrender, you can't give up. Because you already won. Even though you feel like I'm fighting for, you're not fighting for anything. <laughs> Just stand your ground. Because the victory is yours. The victory is yours. All he's trying, everything, everything he throws at us is trying, trying to get us to give up, give in, and surrender. But we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Let's go to um, the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. It's where we were last week. I'm just going to reread the two scriptures. Um, we're in this story of, of uh, David and Goliath. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37, if you'll go there. And then, and then hold your finger there. Flip to Acts 13, 22. Uh, and then we'll just hit both of these back to back, and we're going we're gonna to move through this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37 says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Somebody say, he will deliver me. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Well, if I've already got the victory, what is he delivering me from? He's trying to deliver you from the, from the hands and the snares of the enemy, the schemes and strategies that's trying to take us out. All right, Acts 13, 22 says, After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. What we see in these two scriptures... In the two scriptures, the reason I went to both of these is because one is a description of David as a boy and the other is a description of David as a man. 
In Acts 13, we just read it said, and this is God speaking, I have found a man. And I told you last week that blew me away that that tells me that the God we serve is looking and the God we serve is searching for a man or a woman who is available to be the hands and feet of Jesus. He, he, we say this all the time. He doesn't just want something for us, although he wants to bless us. He doesn't want something just to do something in us, but he desires something greater, and that is to do something through us. So he's looking and he's searching. We've been talking a lot about how God desires to partner with man, how he desires to, to, to partner with us, and we're to partner with him, the Great Commission, which is to go ye into all the world and make disciples. Somebody say, I am God's plan. Absolutely. Man, declare that stuff over your life every day. When you wake up and you go, I'm going to make today count. Why? Because I'm responsible. I've got to make this count. What God has deposited into me, I've got to make this count. I got to make this count. As you study the life of David, you'll quickly see that God's not interested in using perfect people. You can look at you can look at people that God has chosen throughout the scriptures. God is not interested in somebody who's got it all together. If that was the case, it would be silent in here and none of us could walk up here and hold the microphone. He's not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for strong people. He's looking for people who are weak, who recognize that in him I'm made strong. Without him I'm nothing. When we, when we get that reversed and go, oh, but I, I, I'm good. I, I can do this on my own. That, beware, yet lest ye fall. <laughs> okay? Pride goes before the fall. You'll always see pride. But when you see it in all of its glory and magnificence, just know that a fall is coming. A fall is coming. But he's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who are available. And so we must choose to be used by God. Okay, it does. It's not just a thing of saying, God, I'm available. I know this is I'm repeating myself from last week, but it's not enough just to say, God, I'm available. It's when I choose. I have to make a decision. God, you can use me. I'm available. I'm yours. And then I have to say yes to God. But how many knows a lot of times he's not he's not going to give you the plan before the yes. He wants to know, will you say yes, then I'll give you the plan. That's how God works. Well, I don't understand that. Well, that, it's called faith. You just got to trust him that when I step out, there's going to be something there. And then when I, he's got me. But whenever we, whenever we start feeling like unsure in this thing of life, that's when our faith decreases because all of our trust is in what we can see and what I can put my foot on. But God wants us to walk by faith, not by what we can see, not by what I can understand, not by what I know. He wants to know, will you say yes Will you say yes first? So in this story of young David, we read, you know it from Vacation Bible School, the Philistine, the giant, the rocks, and the slingshot. We know that the giant taunted the people of God for 40 days. He cursed them day and night. Uh, The voice of their giant was speaking death over them. We asked last week, how many have a giant? How many have something in your life that seems greater than God? Just be honest. How many of you have faced, or maybe you are facing something that, I know that I probably shouldn't have said it that way because you're like, I'm not raising my hand. I'm not going to admit that I think my problem is bigger than God. But how many, how many would say, I've got, I've got, I got, a, I got big problems. I got something huge. Anybody got something huge in your life? That thing has a voice. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. It's the thing that drives you nuts. You hear it manipulating your time and your conscience all the time. And then what, what do we do? Then we start taking it out on our, our spouse. We start taking it out on our kids. Then we start taking it out on our boss. We start taking it out on the pastor. Hello. 
We didn't do it. We're just trying to help. <laughs> wow. But every boy, every giant has a voice. Listen, it doesn't matter when you understand that when you understand this principle that all of heaven and earth is behind you, you will always run to the fight. When you understand that you are not out here by yourself, you're not singing the song, nobody knows the trouble I see. You're not by yourself. When you understand that every day, as long as, you're, as long as you are making Jesus the center, you're not by yourself. He's right there with you. It's when we step out and make other things the center that we are, you're, you're all alone. Okay? If you feel alone, chances are pretty good you are. Look around and find the distance between you and the Father. And only you decide how far that distance is. But see, but, 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 but it's important that we recognize where God is. And if I know that he is with me, then all of heaven is behind me and I will always run to the fight. I, there's not a fight too big that I'm going to be scared of that I'm not going to run to because I know that all of heaven and earth is behind me. Like David, we may not be able to choose our fight, but we can decide if we're going to fight or if we're going to give up. So here's the five points. I, we started with the first two. I'll just recap those. Then we're going to catch the last, the last three. The first point that's going to help you and I to bring down our giant, that thing that is manipulating our time and our, our, our thinking and steering us away from what God wants to do through us. Number one, you need a God focus. I told you last week, Israel, in this story, Israel was talking about Goliath. Goliath was talking about Israel, but wasn't nobody talking about God. You know what I'm talking about. When, when you go through things and you and your spouse, are all you're doing is not, not even at each other, but you're just talking about this problem and, and how you're having to deal with this. and You don't know how you're going to do that and, and all of this chaos. When are we stopping and going, have we committed this to Jesus? Have, can we just hit pause? Can we just hit stop and go, that's it. I can control this. I have the ability to say, stop. God, I need you. Invite God into your situation. Invite God into your situation. Get your focus off your problems and on to God. Remember this. Your spouse is not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. Crazy Trula that shows up at your, at your, at your family gatherings, she's not your problem. As crazy as she is. She's not your problem. Your problem is the devil. He's your enemy. All those other people, spouse, boss, Aunt Trula, they're just a tool of the enemy. It's just a tool that, unfortunately, they are allowing themselves to be used to get to other people, to get them pushed away off the victory that they already own. How many of you are the tool, have been used as a tool of the enemy to, to help frustrate and push other people off of what is rightfully theirs? That's a check in, in our spirit. It should be, God, God don't, may, I, may I never be so self-centered that I, that I allow myself to be a tool in the hands of the enemy to get at somebody else. Number two, you need a ridiculous reality. A ridiculous reality. You got to look at your circumstances and go, Bring God into it, even though it's chaotic, and go. And at the moment you go, that's ridiculous. That's the moment you got it. That's the moment you understand. If you can figure it all out on your own, you didn't need God. But the moment you go, oh, he's, at, he's asking Bradley, he, you're, God, you're asking us to give up and move, to, move back to Chiefland. That's ridiculous. Can I tell you how many times I had that conversation with God? 
I'm only talking. We're so tired of hearing that story. I can't tell nobody else's story. It was my life, this, this way I'm living, okay? Would you rather me tell stories about how somebody else did it and we don't even know if it's true? Or would you rather me tell about the way we did it and it worked for us? Okay, so, so oh, give, give up all that, but you already had me in line to take over the church that I would poured in my life into for 10 years. I was getting ready to be the lead pastor of the, we were already talking, about, and God, now I got to go back and tell them I'm moving to Chiefland, and I can't do that anymore, and now, and now their, their plans for life is now going to be put on hold because, be, because we got to be obedient to you. That's ridiculous. The moment that it, the, your circumstances look ridiculous, that's the moment you have to trust and rely on God. And besides, with all of heaven behind me, as long as I know that was true, let me tell you something. The devil is not going to tell you to leave all that and come down here. He's not going to do it. Well, I just got to pray about it. Well, I did. But how many knows when God puts his hand, it all just works out. And I'm spitting like, it just all works out. It just all works out. You need a ridiculous reality. Listen, when David said, I'll fight, King Saul said, don't be ridiculous. You're just a boy. That's a giant. Who are you listening to? All of the things that you're up against and you feel like, you feel like I, I, need, to, I need to do that. I'm talking about obeying God. I'm not talking about what you want to do. I'm talking about I need to obey God. What voice are you listening to? The one that says, dude, you're crazy. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't give up anything. Do you know about retirement? That's ridiculous. But how many knows God is in control? God is in control. What voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the spirit of Saul or are you listening to the spirit of God? Sometimes in order for us to move forward, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I'm already there. Sometimes in order for us to move forward, we've got to move away from relationships that we're in. Okay? Why? Because they can't accept where you're going so they, because they want to keep you where you are. Listen, this, this, is, this one's for me. Okay? They can't accept where you're going because they, they want to keep you where you are. We're going, we're going to touch on this in just a minute, but stay with me. We need a ridiculous reality. David had a ridiculous reality. Listen, to David, Goliath was not a death sentence. Even though he was, they, the, the, the theologians tell us around the age of 12 to 15 when he fought Goliath, even though he was just a young boy and Goliath was, it, to him it was not a death sentence. It was an opportunity for God to show up. So whatever you're facing, whatever situation you got, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a death sentence for you. It's not to kill you. It's to do something inside of you, and it's, to, and it's to create an opportunity for God to show up and bring a miracle. How many need God to show up and do a miracle in an area of your life? Absolutely. Me too. Me too. Your situation is actually an opportunity for God to move, but it takes a ridiculous reality to see that. Listen, people with a ridiculous reality don't see what's in front of them, but who's in front of them. People who have a ridiculous reality, they're not focusing on the obstacle, the adversity, the opposition. They're just focused on who's in front of them. Well, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. So that tells me that is, is, if I can look past my giant and see God who is before me, I'm good. So stop focus. How do I break that down? Stop focusing on your problems. Start focusing on the one who is in front of you, not the thing that's in front of you. And Romans 8.31 says, I know these aren't on the screen. These were last-minute inputs. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, not before, but he's for me. If God be for me, who can be against me? So again, all of heaven is behind you. And God goes before you. So what are you worried about? 
Stand your ground on, stand on the victory that is yours. Don't give the enemy any inch of that ground. Because if he can get you teeter-tottering and listening to gossip and all kinds of stuff and news feeds on Facebook, before too long, it just gonna, you're, you're going to be like that weeble-wobble. And you're going to go out. I know you can hit the weeble-wobble and he won't never go down. But I'm telling you, when the enemy blow, takes a punch, he's trying to push you off. Don't let my jokes distract you, okay? I'm sorry. I just have a little kid, kid at heart. But don't let, the, don't, let, don't, let, don't let the enemy deceive you and try to take what's yours. Number three, you need a, how, how are we going to bring down the giants? You need a miracle memory. Miracle memory. David said, Saul, I can do this. When it, who's going to fight the giant? I told y'all, David, David was the pizza delivery boy, bread and cheese. That's what he was showing up with. He was the delivery boy for, for pizza. And then when he saw, he didn't ask for the fight, but when he showed up, he was prepared for the fight. Why? Because he had, he'd been practicing. He'd been practicing. Miracle memory. He said, Saul, I can do this because I have fought a lion and I fought a bear. What, what did he do? It's past tense. In verse 37, um, it, it, David said, the God who rescued me will rescue me. So what did he do? What did he do? He was able to look back and pull a miracle from his past and bring it to his present. He's already fought and took out a lion. He's taken out of anybody in here ever took out a bear or a lion. But he did. As a young kid, he did that. So you know what he did? He had a miracle memory. He remembered, God did it for me before, and the God who rescued me will rescue me. You ever had God show up in your life in any area? Just anybody. It should have been everybody in the room. Ever had, ever had God show up? Then you have the capability and the capacity to bring a miracle from your past. Why are we worried about, and I'm talking to me, why are we worried about what we're facing today? The magnitude may be, much greater than what it was before what he rescued me out of but it's never a match for God whatever he rescued you from he will rescue and bring you out it's called a miracle miracle memory miracle memory listen we all have I don't want to skip that but how many of us can look back on our past and only see the pain how many of us look back on our past? We can't see the miracle. We can't get a miracle memory because all we have is a victim memory, a victim mentality. Listen, we all have stories. Life hurts and doesn't make sense. We've all got stories where we were hurt in life and it didn't make sense. Listen, David was a man who was born into pain. The Bible says when Samuel came to anoint Jesus, when Samuel came to anoint, excuse me, <laughs> da, 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 wrong story. When Samuel came to anoint Jesse's sons, Jesse lined up all seven of his sons. God had told him, God told Samuel to come and, and to, to anoint one of his sons. He went down the line. They were all, they were all Hebrew boys, good-looking boys. He's like, nope, that's not it, not it, not it, not it, seven times, not it. Is there anybody else? And Jesse said, there's the youngest he didn't even call him by his name. That'd be, like, that'd be like my dad saying, yeah, I got my oldest. He got a name. He didn't even say he's my son. He said, there's the youngest. So they sent for him. Listen, David was rejected by his father and hated by his brothers. Why? Because David was different. 
When you're different, I, I, I tell Ansley all the time, she's telling me about different drama and stuff going on at school. And I'm like, baby girl, we had the conversation, hey, baby girl, when God has set you apart to be different, you're easy to pick on because you're out in front. That's not something to be haughty and arrogant about, but when you're just an easy target. Listen. He came from a different mom. David, the reason, the reason David looked different than the seven Hebrew boys was because he was. He came from a different mom. Theologians tell us that what most likely happened, that Jesse had an affair with an African woman. So David was seen more as a stepbrother and a stepson than a son. His brothers hated him. Why? Because he was different. His father rejected him because of his own shame. That's why David said in Psalms, I was conceived in sin. That's why in Psalms 27 he wrote, Though my father rejects me, the Lord brings me in. Listen, when, when, the, world, when the world rejects you and counts you out, that's when, when you've got to stand where you're supposed to be and go, but my father will bring me in. But doors aren't opening for me, but my father will bring me in. As long as Jesus is the sinner, you don't have nothing to worry about. Why did they get promoted? Why, why, am I, why am I? Listen, let God bring you in. What door God opens, no man can shut. So just wait on God. Somebody say, wait on God. I know we don't like to do that. But David was different. He had pain, yet he chose to look back on his life and see a miracle. We should bring this full circle and look at ourselves. In spite of all the hurt, that's why you got to have a ridiculous reality. Because his reality was, that's my daddy, and then my half-brothers. And I didn't even get to, he could have held a, I didn't even get to come to the lineup. He was an afterthought. <laughs> he was an afterthought. And, 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 and Samuel saw when he was coming over the hill, he knew, that's the one right there. He looks different, because he was different. He was different. We need to look back and see where God sustained us, and look where God provided That's how you get a miracle memory. He has been faithful and he will be faithful to complete what he started in you. Number four, you need a radical dedication to your future. You need a radical dedication to your future. Listen, when David goes to fight Goliath, Samuel Samuel said, you can go, but you have to wear this armor. King Saul, I'm sorry. King Saul said, you can go to fight Goliath, but you got to put this armor on. Now stay with me. Listen, Saul had been rejected by God. Now the thing that was rejected by God was trying to clothe him, clothe what was anointed. Okay? Saul was on his way out. But because he had all these years, he knew how the fight was supposed to go. He's like, that's ridiculous. You're a boy. That's a giant. Here, put this on. You know how we'd be? Absolutely. Size 30 in the waist. Make sure you cover everything. You know what I'm saying? But he said, no, no, no. I got a ridiculous reality. God saved me from a lion. He saved me from a bear. This joker ain't nothing to me. Am I God? Remember what I told you? How you got to separate yourselves from relationships because people can't, they only see how you were or where you are. They're not ready by faith to see where God wants you to go. That's why you got to pull out from, 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 from sketchy relationships. 
Many times we want to go into our future, but we're held back by our past. If you want to say yes to everything God has for you, you've got to take off what God has already rejected. There's some things in our, let me just break this down. There's some things in our life that God has said over and over. It's been preached from a platform, either this one or other churches that you've been to. You got to get this out of your life. You got to, you can't go where God wants you to because you're dressed in things that God has rejected. Old ways, old habits. That's why some churches refuse to grow and God can't use them to grow because, because there's an old way that, that it has to be. Listen, the things and the ways that things that God is no longer, that is no longer anointed, we got to start begin doing the things that God, God's anointing is on that. Listen. It's not just our haters. If I want to get y'all riled up, there's one word you can bring up in the church. You say haters, and everybody's like, amen, preach it, Brother Bradley. We got haters. They hate us. We don't like them. We praying for them. But listen, listen, it's not just your haters that we're talking about, okay? Not, it's not just people who's, who, who refuse to see you go and do something because they're going to get left behind. No, no, no. There's also what you call lovers. Listen, it's not just the haters, There's people who love you, but they don't get you and don't understand you or your future. And they're trying to clothe you because they love you. The old preacher used to say, God loves you and got a wonderful plan for your life. You got family members who love you and got a wonderful plan for your life. But it's not God's plan. Listen, there's people who love you and have a wonderful plan. For your life. In closing. I know I hadn't got to number five. I'm going to hit you there in just a second. In closing. Verse 39 said. David said. I can't go in these. I can't go in. I can't, I can't go in this. Ever thought about. Maybe it's because. Then he would, he would be relying on the protection. That man gave him. Rather than protection that God. He knew God was going to give him. Listen, people will try to clothe you, but you've got to get a radical dedication to your future that says, my future and my calling and what God wants for me is more important than anything. Any relationship, don't matter if it's mom or a daddy, don't matter if it's crazy Trula, who loves you and feels like this is what you should be doing, but it's not what God wants you to be doing. Number five, you need a radical faith. Those last two go hand in hand. You need a radical faith. How are you going to take down your giant? you got to have a radical faith. 12, 15-year-old boy looking at a giant who's been a giant for a long time. And all you got is a slingshot and some rocks. But he had, he had, he had something. He had a no in his knower. He knew, he knew who was going before him, who was going before him. Listen, David said in verse 47, I encourage you to go back and read this story because there's a lot of stuff. I didn't want to take up the time to go through the whole story. Most of you know it, but there there are bits and pieces that stand out, and that's what I wanted to hit on. David said in verse 47, this is the Lord's battle. It's not my fight, it's God's fight. Some of you need to say that. 
This thing that I'm going through, this situation, it's not my fight. It's God's fight. See, because when we start fighting, when we start fighting and we start jabbing, look what's happening. I'm moving further and further away from where my victory was. That's what he, if, he, if the enemy can just get you dodging and weaving and all that stuff, your foot, before you know it, you've slipped, you've slipped away. Even though you think you're doing what God's called you to do, you slipped away because you stepped off of what God said is already yours. And you're trying... You don't have to defend anything. If you feel like you've got to defend your honor, if you feel like you've got to defend the victory that is yours, then the cross was cheap. And the cross was enough. It had the final word. It is finished. Selah. Done. So my requirement is to stand and take care of what is mine. I don't have to fight for anything. You ever seen those one-handed... One handed, you know, when somebody's coming at you, you just stick your hand out, hold them by the forehead, and they don't. That's what, because the enemy's coming. Don't don't, don't misunderstand me. The enemy's coming. But you don't have to fight for the victory. You already have it. The enemy is trying to push you away from what is already yours. I keep saying that because it hit me. It's mine, it's yours. Just stick your hand out there and watch the devil go crazy. Uh You can't get me. I mean, he's already lost. He knows it. He's just trying to deceive you and I to get us to believe, I got to fight for this. I don't have to do anything. The price has already been paid. David, David, because I didn't put myself in this situation. I just kind of ended up here. I was bringing pizza. And not, and, but I can do this. I got this. Well, go, here, you got to put this on. You got to do it like, you got to do it. Like, this is how we've done it in church for all these years. You got to do it this way. No, 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 no. You do it the way God told you to do it. No questions asked. Because he's the one, he's the one you're going to be, he's the one you're held accountable to. This is the Lord's battle. If he's in it, I'm going to see the victory. If God's in it, I'm going to see the victory. Why? Because he's undefeated. He's undefeated. Ain't never lost a fight. And bless God, he ain't starting with me and he ain't starting with you. He ain't got so many people in his family. He, there's not so many Christians, not too many people in the family that, that he, he, his time, he, he, he's got to devote more to one other person. No, he's omnipresent. He can handle it all. Matter of fact, he already did. Why are we worried? Why, 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 are we, why are we running with arrows in our, our, our booty? Just the devil just... Psh, psh. He's laughing. Why? Because he got you to move off what was already yours. That's your family. Devil, you can't have that. That's my family. This is my church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back off. This is mine. I got the victory. God's undefeated. Never lost a fight, not starting with me. It's the Lord's battle. Just say that. Say, this is the Lord's battle. Mm -hmm. We don't always get to pick our fight. But we must choose if we're going to run to the fight or if we're going out of here. Choice is yours. But I've presented all the facts to the judge and jury. I've presented all the facts. He's already won. He's given you the victory. Don't run from the fight. Run to it. Run to it. Why? 
Kelly's going to come pray. Bless the house. Why do, why do, we, do, why do we respond this way? Because we're not, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. You are victorious. Yeah, but my circumstance, everything, everything's crazy. You are victorious. Stand your ground. Refuse to give any inch to the enemy. The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.